So you oh. saw my ideas because I liked what you said. Yeah, I saw the your um, the concept art that you drew. Yeah, and I've been playing around with it this afternoon. <clears throat> I really like it. Sort of a thing, and, and then um, oh wow, and then uh, Zane and I were just talking, and we were thinking, okay. As you say, the thing ripped itself into our universe to lay its eggs or to, mm-hmm. to, to put its larva. Well, what if this thing that's protruding into our universe is just its egg-laying device and the creature is much larger and vaster on the other side? And if the people come in and they kill the, the larva, which are like giant maggots, let's say six feet long and mm-hmm. maybe this big around, monsters they have to deal with, and they're killable, that's, they're tar- they're that's hard to fine. Find the, creature, the creature can always lay more eggs. But if they attack the big thing... Then all of a sudden it like goes up and then like this giant... Yeah, <laughs> it'll leave. It yeah. holds itself out and they all think, oh, it, well, it left. And then all of a sudden it's <laughs> turned around and its head comes through and it rips into our universe trying to get at the people who attacked it. Which brings the cave around well, down around everyone and yeah. that's okay. <laughs> That's what kills them. If they attack the mother, game over. And it'll be on a like it'll be on a percentage. For, so for the gamekeeper, if a certain amount of damage is done to it, that's when it goes. No, nah, that's when it pull. says, yeah, it pulls itself out. And this is where you can give that pulpy ending versus not pulpy ending. Is the mother thing present or is it off elsewhere? Is or it does it just pull itself out of our dimension? Yeah, mm-hmm. and then return to attack. Like a giant yeah. spider, it turns around to attack. Yeah, I'm glad. I'm glad you guys liked the idea. I got. I got the. Um, the inspiration came from a pretty funny source. Oh really? Uh, Oscar sent me a a link to a YouTube video of uh, horned toads eating ants. Ah. And he's like, "Hey, look, Morgan! I found some sand dwellers." <laughs> and that just got me thinking about ants because it talked about how these horned toads. I was joking with Oscar. I'm like, well, all they want to do is just eat ants in peace. And I was thinking of, of ants kind of like carrying little pebbles and larva around. I'm like, huh. Well, what That's if you think also thing. that the that the rocks are in fact the uh, the, the shit. larvas spit them out? <laughs> and we think that's quite funny because they'll be all the all the characters will be playing with these stones and looking at them, inspecting them, and like you know, but da da. And then they'll get down there and see some of the lava like shitting these things out and go, God damn it! <laughs> well, just like coming out of their skin, just like. Well, it makes yeah. sense that they would be, it would be a mineral not not of this dimension. Yep, because it's yeah. not. And of course, they think they're sacred, so they they write. And and that was another thing. Maybe they don't just write magical symbols, but pictographs. So we get some sort of warning by seeing the rocks with these maggots sort of drawn. In the, um, or the mother coming down the thing, I, yeah. I have the clues of like of the idol, like they leave like an idol when they attack the camp. Yeah. And they left one as a warning previously, but the uh, archaeologists just took it. But it looks like, it kind of looks like just this bed of black rock with all of these worm things on top of it. So it's like their, their idol of the larva mound. Yeah. I also like the idea of it coming through the ceiling, mm-hmm. uh, just because the idea of it hanging there above you, 
as opposed to coming up out of the ground, which just looks mm. seems normal. Right. It's just yeah. It's just more. It's more crazy if it's this giant thing is just. Maybe they don't even head. see it at first. They see the mound of dead bodies with all these wormy larvae, and they go and start attacking them. And they don't see the ropes just suddenly coming down from above. To... <laughs> yeah, maybe it maybe it looks a bit like stalagmites. You know, yeah, they yeah. think that's what it is, and then because maybe the the thing itself kind of has a bit of a rocky texture yeah. to it as well, um, similar to the horn uh, the horn toad sand dwellers. Um, something that did come up, and we don't we're not really supposed to pay any attention to the uh, the comments, but there was a comment. And they did bring up something that, that is important. And that is, it has to do with the bones that were discovered. Now, did we decide whether they discovered bones and that's why they've come here in the first place? Not our oh, people. right. Did they... That's a good question. Because here's the thing. If they were just coming here because they wanted to do exploration and see if they could find dinosaur bones, they would be paleontologists. If they actually had a sample of bone, they would know that they weren't ancient. I mean, just a cursory, they would know that they're nothing like dinosaur bones. And therefore, they would send not paleontologists, but they would send biologists or something to look for a new species. Yeah. So... So, so here's my thought on this whole thing of, of who the PCs are. You know, we, we've got, we've, we've already got the, um, the, the movie people there. We know why they would be there. We have the scientists. My, the thing that I've been thinking about from the beginning, and please let me know if, if, if you agree or, or disagree. Um, you know, as a keeper, you know, we're kind of, or a, as writers, we're kind of pigeonholing the keepers into what the characters can be for which would be fine if if this is going to be used for like a one shot at a convention or something like that or, or like on into the darkness um but if this is if we want people to be able to fit this into a campaign mm. uh, or something like that we we can't you know put our scenario around you know who these people could potentially be so my thought and again if you think i'm wrong please let me know um in the beginning of our scenario, we have a number of options of, of who the PCs could be or why they could be there, mm-hmm. uh, as opposed to saying, well, they have to be this. Because um, I, cause I know, as a keeper, if I saw that, that would probably actually turn me off of the scenario. Mm. I think we discussed that in the last episode as well, because we, con- we were sort of saying um, we'd sort of miss uh, overlooked the film crew to a certain extent, and so we were thinking of cutting them, and I voiced you know, please don't because if I had to choose between scientific characters and the film characters, I was going to go film. Cause I, I, right. I don't really love playing those. I'm um, like, you know, intellectual characters to that sort of level. And I think that sort of touches on the same thing of like pigeonholing them into, Oh, everyone in this game has to play a scientist because that will legitimately, it'll put people off. Well, um, I've got a friend who solely plays soldiers that's all he does. He doesn't, um, you know. Right. So there, I, go ahead. I was going to say there there are certain uh, uh, hooks or ideas we could give the keeper, as as Tyler was saying. These options, like, well, we kind of like there's a film crew, maybe they're fellow paleontologists or archaeologists, 
maybe they just have ties to whatever university, you know, doctor, you know, the archaeologist game came from. Maybe they were an old colleague, an old, like, college friend who was like, hey, I found this cool, like, discovery. You should come help me with it. Mm -hmm. So some kind of tie back to that team. Well, I think that we can go one of two ways. We can either say, now, I'm, I'm, I'm tending to think that if, uh, to, to go back to, to the point I was trying to get to, paleontologists, only if they don't have the bones. If they've seen a sample of the bone, they're going to know that they're not ancient, and they, mm -hmm. they would be instead biologists, okay? Sure. And they would have a film crew with them because they're looking for a new species, and they want to film it, okay? That mm -hmm. would make total sense. Okay, we could either go with that sort of, directed character creation you've got to be one or the other or to, to do it more generically like you say if they want to fit it into a campaign they could be just about anything they wanted to be and they end up in west haven that's where the story will start and they will be asked by the people at the hotel or somebody uh, these these paleont these these scientists came in here and they went out into the woods and they haven't come back. Would you mm. please go see if you can find them? Kind of a Dungeons and Dragons sort of thing. It's like there's a, yeah. a mine, you know. There's there they've gotten lost and we need somebody mm. to go out and find them. We don't have anybody. Can you go? And that that'll be how they go. So they could be literally anything, mm. um, and then end up there finding the key, finding the. From what you said, I like the idea and it makes more sense in my head for, as you say, if they're biologists and they've, they've found a sample somehow. And then that explains why the, as you say, the film crew are there because they're all trying to discover a new species that right. in my head makes more sense from a story standpoint. Um, cause it gets both groupings of what we wanted, the film crew and and the, the now biologists. What if we just wrote it that way? What if we said, as, the, as for the keeper in the beginning, that if you want to incorporate this into the campaign, do it, start this way. And if you want to just do this as a, a one scenario, then you can have these as scientists and, and film crew. Mm. Yeah, that, that makes sense to me, giving, giving them the options. like you know, Yeah. Options are good. Yeah, I don't see any reason not to give them options now that you bring it up. That's, that yeah. and, and let's face it, any keeper who's going to have like the like you said with the you know the the character who or the the player who only wants to play soldiers, keeper's going to be able to figure out how to you know hook that in. So and as you say, it could be as simple as as Morgan said. Um, <clears throat> potentially, they went to the same university, and I think that's why. And potentially, it could be good if. If, if the university of where these biologists have come from isn't set in stone, it isn't miskatonic, it isn't whatever, it can just be from wherever. Because then you can say, hey, um, Sam, where's your soldier? Where did your soldier go to university or where did he grow up? And it's like, cool. So you can make the connection that way. As Morgan said, like his childhood friend says, hey, I, I'm in West Haven and I, I found something and... I, I, I think I need your help. Things have gotten a bit weird. And they go, oh, okay, let's go check on my friend, turn up. And as you say, 
the townsfolk are like, oh, they, they've been missing for a week. We, you know, we have no idea where they went. Their campsite's just, just up here. And it's, you know. Yeah, we, we expected them to come back for provisions two days ago. Yeah, yeah. They haven't come back. So, um, yeah, I think, I think that's work. I reckon, um, as you say, we make the call. It's, it's, it's biologists and the film crew. But then with that, that availability, as Tyler said, to, um, to be incorporate, you know, whatever the, if it is for an ongoing campaign, the characters can still play who they're playing. So what the, one, one problem that I, that I can kind of see with the, like, you're right, if they were out there to find a new species and they bring the film crew with them, that means the film crew would have been with them when they were attacked. Right, so it makes sense to me that where they find these bones, Right, the they are paleontologists. They find the bones and they go, "Oh shoot, we might have a new live species on our hand." So then they contact their other scientists and the film crew to come in and document it. Okay, yeah, that works. Too. Right, because yeah, because yeah. if they already brought film people with them, those film people have also been taken. If that makes sense. Right. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I'm with you. Because we're only the 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 the. the the first group of, of scientists, the ones that do get taken, we already discussed this. There's, we're, there's only four of them. They're not a big group. They're very minimal, as you say. They discover, hang on, these aren't dinosaur bones or whatever the case may be. These are something else. Um, and they, so then they contact their biologist friends and the film crew to say, hey, we may have found a new species. Yeah, I think that works. I also really like... Your choice of title. <coughs> Failed Prospects. Failed Prospects. That's a good yeah. one. Ooh, I like that. Yep, that, yeah, that's the working title that I have now. I really like that. Failed Until prospects. you sent this, I was going to suggest calling it The Hollow and just leave it at that. But mm -hmm. Failed Prospects is so much better. Because I'm like, because Christie might have stole that name. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, The Hollow, just it's always referring to just an area that's. Yeah. No, I like failed prospects. That's cool. Because I like it, it. it's kind of ambiguous because you know if you tell your players we're playing failed prospects, right? It tells them nothing. Yeah, they're like, "What are we?" Except because... that it might tell them there's a mine involved, but that's no big deal. Who cares? It's not giving anything away. Yeah. Mm. Mm. Because yeah, and the failed prospects because yeah, there's the mine, there was the the fine, right? There's multiple things that people are like, "Oh, this is so great," and then it ends horribly. You know. Yeah. So, yeah. Cool. Yeah. Thanks. I'm glad you liked the like the title there with oh looking at the butt end of the creature <laughs> it causes a, a minor sanity loss but when it turns around and sticks its insane looking face through the hole that's when they 1d100 <laughs> yeah yeah it's like i'm um, in miss jews when you um when you open the door into uh and it's like 1D100, and the players go, sorry, what? <laughs> and you're like, yeah. <laughs> I love that bit of the game. Uh, so with the creature or the, the end bad guy, whatever we're, we're calling it, um, one of the things with that, if I remember it with the Trail of Spirits or in Chica Hollow, was that the, um, the streams would run red. Mm -hmm. um, are are we going to tie that to this creature at all? I think that should be a um, uh, 
call it a red herring. Quite literally. Yeah. Yeah. But it's okay. It's just the mineral deposits in the water that uh, in the clay. Yeah. Cause okay. it to do that. And because uh, well, as you say, that'll be quite a fun bit that the players will fixate on. They'll be like, oh, you know. But see, but with the whispering and stuff in the woods that they talk about, that could actually just be the chittering of the maggots underground. Yeah. Mm. And then when they get in that chamber, they hear it really loud. Mm-hmm. Or it could just be that there's a lot of aspens in the in the forest, and when the wind blows through them, their wee leaves make that sort of whispering. Right. Well, that's what it is yeah. in real life. But <laughs> um, one thing I did want to. I, 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 I'm worried it, it's, it may be in the realm of Oscar saying there's too many good ideas and stuff, but it's something I've been playing with for a while and I like the concept of it, but I wanted to run it past you guys. So the crazy, the old, the old bat case guy, um, Mel, so that thing, um, yeah. I like the idea that when he's like, before they find out he's the crazy old man and stuff, maybe he dresses in all the furs and stuff. And he's kind of what, when people see him at first, they think he's Bigfoot. Cause like, I know this region is kind of somewhat known for Bigfoot. And I thought that could be quite a, <clears throat> I guess a little bit of a red herring thing as well is like people go and be like, Oh, the, the, the thing we're up against is, is going to be Bigfoot, but it's actually not. It's just, no. Yeah. I think it's, it's too many ideas. Yeah, too many. Like, it's, yeah, I thought it might be. And, and there's already these giant creatures running around up there. If there's going to be something that's the big Bigfoot, it's going to be the uh, the sand dwellers. Are they big? How, yeah, how, how big are sand dwellers? They're like, I mean, I, I guess tall. we can, yeah, we can make them as big as we want. Yeah. They're like human size, I think. But yeah, now I'm working on that as well. We're going to give them like horns and. All kinds of fun. The new and improved Sand Dwellers. Cool. Sand Dweller 2.0. <laughs> yeah. Brought what com- what comes through the hole is something that looks like that. <laughs> That's a real animal. <laughs> well, I mean, and... I, How I do don't jumping know. spiders jump? With their legs. <laughs> With great joy. Oh, what I was going to say is, um, you know, that's one of the things that I've always uh, been told or, you know, tried to do um, in role-playing games when you're designing scenarios like this, especially with mythos creatures, you know, any any PC or, or I'm sorry, any player who's come across sand dwellers before, they're going to, you know, if we start doing the normal sand dweller thing, you know, they're going to know, oh, it's sand dwellers, you know, they may not, you know, uh, metagame it but you know they'll, they'll know it but by by changing it you know Zane making it how you want them to be and you know changing them up we're we're going to throw players for a loop yeah 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 well, and especially with the mythos creature that we kind of just made up <laughs> yeah we made it we just made it up so well, Zane said earlier too about giving it a name and I'm like you don't really have to give it a name it's just a, a nameless horror and this we were discussing of Obviously, you know how Cthulhu can, like, mentally... People hear help. the chanting of Cthulhu in their head. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, Unless that's happening, nobody would know. Unless, like, the, the Sand Dwellers have sort of given it a name. Um, 
or something because I was thinking if I was going to get it would it would have some sort of ties to the Native American um, stuff but yeah I mean I, I, either that or we just call it the big bad because I mean we need I mean it needs something like you know great old one or I don't know yeah something within the the great avapositor <laughs> avocado yeah, it's avocado the avapositor the great layer of larvae. <laughs> yeah. <clears throat> so, um, how how do you guys, I, I guess, then envision? You know, so the players come into the the chamber that this is at. Um, how how do you envision? You know, the the um, the magazine that are are they just kind of like in the center area, just writhing around with the sand dwellers on the edge, or feeding them? You know, the the party. And that actually that has another question. Uh, mm. um, I kind of like the idea that maybe because we were saying like obviously the pile of bones and all the all the bits and stuff like that, and I sort of um, Tom mentioned like maybe they don't notice the thing in the top straight away because they get it, you know it looks like stalactites, it's camouflaged a little bit. There's also the potential of like the maggots being somewhat camouflaged, and so they potentially kind of fall on the thing, and then they're kind of not the players aren't straight away instantly realize that they've walked into the worst possible place they should be. Is it is uh, it kind of like one of those uh, Indiana Jones opening up the the tomb from above and you know throwing the torch down and then seeing all the snakes? That, that yeah, kind of so I, I think so. I, I I don't like the idea about them being camouflaged. Once they walk into the temple, I think that everything is blatantly it, it's it's horrific. They see mm. a pile of piles of human remains, most of them picked picked and sucked clean by the maggots. Yeah. And so you could do maybe the maybe the sand dwellers are all standing around just worshiping the thing. And they don't really notice the thing in the ceiling until they start killing the uh, the maggots. How many maggots are you gonna have? Seven at the moment. <laughs> Seven very large maggots. Right. So you kind of get. I kind of yeah. I kind of just picture them like because these maggots are excreting the rocks, right? So they kind of build themselves like a little nest-looking thing. Right. That kind of comes. I don't like say this, like and there's bones, and then there's like the maggots. Almost I'd like, almost say at least like there has to be more maggots than there are players. So you leave that number up to the to the to the you know like if if the keepers like oh I've only got two people two players and you give them seven maggots which we already said we're going to make they're not going to be easy to kill. So if you've got two guys and seven maggots that's like whoa okay. Well this is this is why we're giving the the keeper. The, yeah. the options of how hardcore they want to get, right? Because you could have it no matter how many players you have, no matter how many <coughs> maggots there are, the second they attack, start attacking the maggots, the mother thing starts going like, oh, hey, what are you doing? No, no, we was, the, if they attack the maggots, they're fine. If they attack the mother, that's when... And they, they will, once they see the yeah. mother. Oh, straight as soon as they see the mother, and that's why we're going to say it was going to be at a point basis. If they, if they damage the mother to a certain level... That's when it's game over. If I they think that the maggots, 
the, the, the mother will just lay more eggs. I think that the maggots should be fairly easy to kill. They're soft and they're gooey. And when you hit them, they sort of all over they're soft you. and gooey like the blob and they smell like they smell like well they're like real maggots yeah um, they're they've got soft skin and, and it cuts and they sort of pop and they blow all over you and it smells like sour milk and vomit and so and then, they, the, then the thing up above realizes that something's going wrong just as they're killing the last one and tentacles come down from above. <laughs> yeah, that's it. And you could even have it to be like, if they're like being like, if they're just like watching this all happen for a long period of time, mm -hmm. right? That you have the, some of the, maybe like one of the archaeologists is still like there, like bound up by the sand dwellers. And if mm -hmm. they don't go and save them in time, a tentacle thing like comes down from the roof and just picks them up. <laughs> yeah. And we're. Like, that might happen while they're when they first appear and they're watching. What if one of the maggots is halfway up the guy's leg and he's still alive? Remember what Oscar said, we can hear them screaming when we that, that was gonna be my next question is, you know, do the PCs have a chance to save any of the other party? Maybe. So but 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 when they get there, there will be at least some still alive. Yeah, I think so. Okay. They should be screaming. One of them's got like his, like he's already up to his knee, and the thing is sucking the flesh. Yeah, off of his, yeah, off like in Friday Thirteenth. I'm not Friday. Yeah, um, and, uh, Nightmare on Elm Street with Freddy. Yeah. Okay. I'm I'm thinking if you if you remember the movie King Kong, when they go down to that oh, place, when they go into the, like, over the head. Yeah. Oh. Yeah, I love that shot. That's awful. Those are what they'd be like. <laughs> they'd have they'd have tentacles and little teeth that would sort of reach out and grab. Yeah. So that's our climactic ending. Yeah. Mm. <laughs> get, get to that point. Because I'm I'm imagining as well if if they start attacking the the maggots and stuff, the sand dwellers won't just stand there. They'll also jump in and and fight and stuff. So yeah, they'll have a decent decent fight on their hands. What if, what if also, in one case, one of the sand dwellers runs up, grabs one of the maggots, and tries to run off with it to save it? You know, like, you like, your, like your ants trying yeah, to... Yeah, they're just like, no! <laughs> right, you could have all sorts of... The sand dwellers could do all sorts of uh, interesting things, like trying to save the, the maggots. If they watched for a long period of time, they could see a sand dweller, like all the sand dwellers get excited, and then like one of them, like, just walks into the maggots, you know, they get like this whole like yeah. ceremony where they're like, they offer like their best warrior. You don't have their explain. Yeah. They just all of a sudden the sand dweller gets up. Who's, like, on who's pedestal. writing the last half? <laughs> That's Tyler. Is it? Yeah, so you get the fun climactic ending. Oh, well. the, uh, the big bad. Big group thing. So Tyler gets to come up with all the fun interactions with the sand dwellers and the maggots, and and I'm 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 still working on all the other art art and the, and the maps and stuff. But uh, I realized today, as I was working on the ghost town, that I was putting little tumbleweeds and cactuses everywhere. And I thought, wait a second, 
I'm I'm in the old west. Why am I in the old west? Right, no, that's what I mean. I had the same thing when I was originally like writing NPC characters. I was like, damn, you're, I'm I'm here ghost town and you think old west. Yeah, you, yeah, you're writing like all these characters of like old west and you go, Oh damn it, no, they wouldn't have they don't have a whorehouse. Like what am I writing? In nineteen twenty three. I had to do some uh some research too on what kind of roofing material did they do did they use back then mm. because i'm drawing these from above so what do the buildings look like what they actually used was was tin they used oh. sheet metal and they just sandwich it together it wasn't perfect cat on a hot, hot tin roof cat on a hot tin roof there you go they started using tin back in the 1700s hmm. and now, if they were rich, and they weren't rich in the ghost town, but if they were rich, then they would do shingles, because that yeah. was being used. But most people didn't have shingles, so it's got to be surrounded by forest, which would yep. make yeah. So I was going to say the ghost town, right? Like it's not something that that like the the, the townsfolk are uh, commonly aware of. So there should also be there should also be rogue trees, not rogue full grown trees, but trees that have since sort of sprouted up in places in the middle of town. Yeah. Right, because the plants are kind of moving back in. Oh, okay. Right. right. Yeah. And it can't be that realistic because I used to live in a pine forest, and if there was a square inch of ground that didn't have a pine tree growing out of it, it had 20 or 30 little tiny pine trees <laughs> that, mm. were, that were reaching for the, the sun. Uh, so they fill in really fast. So I won't fill them in that fast, but some of the, some of the buildings will be, be, be knocked, partly knocked down by trees that started growing too close to the wall. Yeah. To just sort of grew and pushed it down. Yeah, I like that. It's cool. Cool. Well, anything else that you guys want to talk about? Not much of an episode, but it'll work. Yeah. Um, I did not get as much writing done this week as I had planned. Um, I will definitely have more uh, next week. Um, in fact, uh, my goal is um, probably probably what I'm going to do is um, uh, write some more tomorrow, and then I'm going to throw it up into a Google Doc um, mm -hmm. and give everybody access to it so people can start making some comments on it. Because I, I know I'm missing stuff. I know I'm uh, – Morgan, I haven't had a chance to look over your latest document, so I'm going to kind of mm -hmm. go through that and uh, you know, kind of massage it so that it's in line with, with your stuff still. Um, and you know, there, there's some places that, uh, it, yesterday, or yesterday, yeah, yesterday and the day before I was writing stuff about the, the cannibal. Um, I know I need to write more uh, on that, but you know, I want to get everybody's input as to you know, what they think of it so far, if it's fitting in line with everybody's vision of this and, and so on. Did we decide then on whether they are biologists or paleontologists? Paleontologists. So they are calling dinosaur bones. They were looking for dinosaur bones. That's not what they found. Um, 
So they called in their science. They called in their scientists. They're getting harassed. So they called, maybe they called in their soldier buddy, you know, because things were throwing rocks. Stuff's getting sabotaged, like those warning type stuff. Or they call in their scientists or they're calling in the film crew to come document stuff. Whatever the hook is, we just leave that open. Like who did they? Yeah. Well, then here's something I just thought of. If they're paleontologists, they're looking for dinosaur bones, then should we put their camp in a spot where they have been digging? Let's say not into the ground, but into a cliff face. There'll be a cliff face there, and they've, they're, they're finding bones that are protruding. That's the way they usually find them in dinosaurs, like in the Badlands. Mm. And they've been carefully pulling them out, and they're like, well, but these aren't dinosaur bones. No. These are too close to the surface, and they're obviously only a hundred or two hundred years old at the most. Right, yes, yeah, so pretty pretty early on, and they're digging down. They didn't get very far. Right, start finding these recent bones. Yeah. All right, so I have to incorporate some sort of cliff cliff face. That's that's cool because actually it it's kind of cool because if you look at Calico, a uh, ghost town. Calico Ghost Town is up here, and then there's a road going down to the mine. And the mine's down here. So they're actually on a higher level. There's a cliff, and there's a mine down here, which if I sort of design our ghost town a little bit more like that, then we can also say that there are cliffs in the area where they're finding bones and things like that. Okay, that makes that's cool. Okay. That'd be cool. All right. Cool. Mm-hmm. Okay, gentlemen. What do I usually say at the end of these things? I'll go ahead and I'll put that in. Uh, that's not it. Where is it? Our special thanks to Tyler Hudak, Zane Fleming, Morgan Llewellyn uh, for their participation in this workshop. Be sure to watch our next episode where we will read uh, some of your suggestions and we'll make some more comments. Like, share, and subscribe to our channel. Punch that bell icon for updates on our latest shows. And leave us some some comments. We enjoy reading them and answering any questions you might have. If you'd like to support our show, visit our Patreon account. Just a dollar through a month helps us a lot. You can find the link in the description below. This is Tom Rayleigh, together with all the members of our gaming club, inviting you to journey with us once again into the darkness for another adventure of the universe which Lovecraft and the Call of Cthulhu role-playing game. Until next time, good luck and good game.